Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. If it brings her to the same point that it brings you, it doesn't matter whether she called it God along the way or not. That understanding works for you, so therefore it is absolutely right for you. All beliefs have become only relatively true, and of course to the world, religion is just some personalized experience, not a divine revelation, and the church is catching the disease. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And away! What is that smell? It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and messages. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Freel. The mail is here! You, this is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, are you cooking rat in your office? Rats? What is that smell that's emanating from your section of the world? It's your upper lip. No, it is not. (laughs) There's something coming from... In fact, it's coming directly from you. Oh, you're you're trying to make a joke because I told you my water heater went out. Uh-huh. And I haven't had a shower. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 That's but subtly in Christian love, of course. <laughs> okay. okay. You know what? Look, <laughs> the wounds of a friend are better than the kisses of an enemy. You stink. <laughs> Please send your questions, comments, conundrums, snarks. You know, and of course, at the most opportune time, in the middle of the night, your water heater went kafritz. It, it absolutely did. And this is a pet peeve of mine. And I don't know that everybody's like this, but I don't leave the house without a shower. I don't even like going to the mailbox without a shower. And so I, I, I'm really bothered today. If you, too, have issues like Jimmy, biblical counseling <laughs> might just be... The solution you need to be able to leave your house. What about the mow the lawn? Uh, it's Saturday morning. Will you just get up and mow the lawn or do you have to take a shower? Well, I hire people to do that. I see how that <laughs> works. Exactly. So in the middle of the night, your water heater said, out of here. It did. Leaks all over the place. Oh, man, it was messing the floor. And you had to call a professional because yeah. you just aren't the handyman that I, I'm not either, I, frankly. I, okay. I, I tend to make things worse. Would you would you like to hear the most pathetic? No, Todd, we don't. Get to the mailbag. Well, <laughs> with this email sent from a guy named Todd, when we lived in Minnesota, the water is hard. If you if you don't know what that means, you just then you haven't lived in a territory where you take a shower and you feel like basically you're getting hit with cinder blocks. It is hard water. So Mrs. Friel, when we first got married, said, we need to get a water softener. I said, okay. Having lived in apartments most of my life, I had no idea what this thing did. And after about a month, she said, we should check the salt. And I said, what do you mean we should check the salt? She said, well, that's how the water gets soft. You put in the, the, the salt pellets. And so I checked it. They looked fine to me. And I got to tell you, the difference that that water heater made. It was amazing how soft the water was. A month later, she said, dear, you need to check it again because it should be down and it wasn't. Third, Third month, the water is amazing. I check it. The salt has not dissolved a bit. So we called... The professional, Jimmy. <laughs> and what was the problem? He plugged it in for us. <laughs> but you. <laughs> but the water was amazing. <laughs> oh, what a placebo will do. Please send your 
water softener, water heater, anything to do with appliances to idea at wretched.org. I think all of this goes with this first question coming from Anonymous, who wants to know what happened to Todd. Said your anointing is gone. I, well, I hope not. <laughs> that would mean I'm not a Christian. You have an anointing. You're a believer. You have an anointing. Now, what is that anointing? Is it some sort of special mantle that allows you to? No, you have the Holy Spirit. You're anointed with the Holy Spirit. And you can't lose that. I wonder why he would think that I have. Now it now I'm concerned and I'm getting a headache from the smell that's emanating from Jimmy's office. Idea at <laughs> wretched.org. Yes. Yes, I will continue to beat this horse. Thank you. <laughs> so not only does it stink, but you're in there going crazy because you left the house without a shower. I, I am. Well, I, at I'm, least we're both miserable. You know, it's it's um it's it's just the cross I'm bearing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this, uh, this next question is from Brian. He says, Todd, I'm a manager, and one of my employees seems hostile to Christianity and a practicing homosexual. I feel like if I share the gospel with her, it will result in a phone call to HR. But I want to, I want to provide for my family, but I also want to share the gospel wherever I can. Yeah. Would it be wise for me to keep it to myself in this instance? Hey, we should make the most of every opportunity. That's what Paul told the Colossians, chapter 4. Make the most of every opportunity. And if it is an opportune because it could cause you to get a pink slip, well, then wisdom would say, then find a different opportunity with a different person. Stay faithful to evangelizing. But are there going to be times when perhaps discretion or that it isn't wise for the sake of your family. I, I understand the tension in that, but I don't think you're sinning. Now, using that as an excuse when it isn't valid, you want to be careful, just the heart issue. Am I, am I just afraid to do it because I'm afraid to witness or because I actually could lose my job? Now, if you don't agree with me, and I get that because it's a conscience issue, well, then might might suggest if you feel I got I've I've just got to witness to this person, then I think that you should just do it off hours. That that should minimize it. Hey, I yes, I talked to this person, but it wasn't during business hours. Now, will that mean your boss goes, Oh, well then never mind, because they might say that you still were using your position even though you weren't on the clock to try to intimidate or to impose and that they might be treated differently because they didn't respond to what you were pitching. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that there's, there's a safe way out of that. I would say, though, that wisdom and discretion should be exercised. And having said all of that, here's the reality. Um, these types of questions and, and this type of concern, it's just going to increase and we might just get to the point where it's like, hey, we just, you know what, we're just going to get, we're just going to get in trouble no matter what when we share the gospel. And even then, I might suggest to you that wisdom and discretion are needed. Think about our brothers and sisters in China, for instance. Can you imagine the, 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 the conflicting emotions and they want to share the good news with their neighbor who might report them and they get thrown into jail and their kids are orphaned. Uh, I, I, I think wisdom and discretion is the model. Disagree? 
idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, do you agree with that or disagree? No, I agree with it. I think, um, hate it. Uh, yeah, I, I do. Uh, it's, it's, his question was, do I keep the gospel to myself? And the first right. thing I'm thinking is, no, you don't want to ever keep the gospel to yourself. But there is wisdom in the like the, the when, where, and how. Right. And share. with whom sometimes. Right, right. And where it just doesn't make any sense. And if, if Brian has a very deep concern for this coworker that he works with, um, I, I would say, you know, God's not going to lose one that he intends to save. And so I'd say, and I'm not a proponent for this, but um, in all cases, but I think there is also some, uh, some wisdom in sometimes in relationship evangelism. You know, oh, just befriending? Be, be build a relationship sure. b- before. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, but let's just not call that friendship evangelism. Right. Because that has too much baggage yeah. connected to it, where <laughs> we right. just act nice, but we never get to the gospel. <laughs> Ain't nobody gotten saved ever from niceness. Right. The word must be proclaimed. Idea at wretched.org. All right, Todd. Well, you talk a lot about um, how women can't teach men in church, but what about other things? Is it okay for a woman to teach art or biology or business at a university? Sure. Sure. There you go. (laughs) Well, that one was easier. Yeah. Why not? Because it's, first of all, it's not the church. It's not a spiritual authority issue. You're just using your gray matter to teach and instruct others. So not only would I say that's not a sin, I would say, wow, what a blessing you're being to people. You are serving people by educating them. Idea at wretched.org. All right, this is a text, a beep text. It says, uh, Todd, this is from Anonymous. Todd, I had someone ask if, uh, if we will all be male and female in heaven. They said, since there is no need to procreate once there, why have male and female? Because that would mean your body would need to be reconstructed. <laughs> you're gonna, you're getting your body, okay? It's it's going to be with you. It's going to get reconnected, but you are getting your human body. And to think that the Lord would somehow alter it by <laughs> by doing what medical professionals are doing to children and adults who are very confused. They wouldn't do that, and there's no necessity for it. And those things, if you would say, well, well, why would we need those body parts? Why, 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 why would that need to exist? Well, uh, we might need them for other purposes. We are going to be eating and drinking after all, and and so the, the result of that isn't sinful. Uh, so. Why would he simply remove them as if we no longer appreciate that it takes the two genders to rightly glorify God? He's not going to take away stuff that we enjoyed on this earth when we are on the new earth. There's there's no reason for that. In fact, if you haven't seen our video about what heaven is going to be like, I encourage you to do that. It'll, It'll perhaps expand your thinking on it. But we will still remember the things of this earth. And if we've got body parts that serve as a reminder that it takes two genders to rightly glorify God, um, it's good that we remember that forever. This is Wretched Radio. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms 
of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb. When you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat, would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, hey, well, October is here. That means pumpkin spice everything, everywhere you look. <laughs> Plus, that also means football season is in full swing. Oh, and of course, the Devil's Day is coming up. That's right, Halloween is coming up. And I don't have to tell you that Sugar Hype Kids are going to be coming knocking on your door, whether you like it or not, so you better be prepared. We've got a way to help you send them soaring higher than any cavity-induced candy you could ever give them. I'm talking about giving them gospel booklets from Wretched. You can give them the treat of all treats this Halloween, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you don't have to skip the candy if you don't want to. No, you don't have to. You can actually include it with the gospel booklets, but gospel booklets are on sale right now in the Wretched store as low as 99 cents per booklet. Now through the 25th. And you'll want to order by the 25th, so you'll have them in time for the Devil's Day. That's Halloween. Get them before they're gone at wretched.org. If you happen to be staring down the health insurance barrel and you are groaning because you're going to have to figure out what do we do? Could we change? What do we get in November when it's open enrollment month? That barrel can be removed because every day is enrollment day at MediShare, would you please call them if you're dealing with the health insurance blues? <laughs> please take two minutes out of your day and give them a call at 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's affordable biblical health sharing. Average family saves $500 per month. Average. Their ratings, high, teledocs. Please check out MediShare by calling them, finding out how much your family will save, or you can visit MediShare.com slash wretched, MediShare.com slash wretched, where every day is enrollment day at MediShare. God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is giving. All Christians are commanded to give, but God has given some an extra measure of generosity so that they can give generously, knowing that God will provide for them as they work to provide for the needs of the church. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Here's an idea for you. This is Wretched Radio. You have questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to communicate them to us. You're going to need an electronic device, an internet machine where you can send those aforementioned noodlings to idea at wretched.org. But as long as you're using that device... How's about going to wretched.org slash sale so you can give away the gospel to kids who come trick-or-treating? There is something sweeter than candy. Not that you shouldn't give them something that will cause cavities, but give them something even better, too. 
the gospel. You won't get fired if you do. You might have yourself a crabby neighbor. We can live with that. But you won't get terminated at your position. You won't get thrown in jail yet. So why not take advantage of kids coming to you? You don't have to go to them. They come to you and ask for stuff. And the booklets, they're colorful and they're on sale. Wretched.org slash sale. Then send your questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. This is a text from an anonymous sailor. It says, Todd, I found Christ after enlisting in the military. I know wars are, are predicted in the end and I'm ready for what may come. But is it sinful to take part in this warfare? I'm wrestling with the morality of potentially taking life and all of the evils that come with warfare now that I've found Christ. But yeah, that it's good that you noodle that. But we need to do a study of war. First of all, there will not be war in the new heaven and new earth. War, it is a consequence of the fall. So for any theologian to put a shine on it like, hey, don't worry, it's great. I don't think that's exactly appropriate because people die and we don't rejoice in that. Having said that, God has given authority to governments to make sure that people are protected and safe. Furthermore, we see God commanding the Jewish people in that nation to go to war. Therefore, war does not have to be a sin. So what's the difference between a sinful war and a non-sinful war? Because obviously you don't want to participate in a sinful war. Uh, The word is just or justice. Is it a just war? Is it a right war? Is it a godly war? Is it something that meets biblical criteria? And so we have historically, uh, Thomas Aquinas came up with some, depending on how you count them, five, six, seven different criteria that, that, that should be met for a war to be considered just. And I do believe it is incumbent upon the Christian, if he's enlisted or considering being a soldier, or a sailor in this instance, to ask the question, is my government waging just wars? Because if they are, then you should have absolutely no problem participating in those wars. No problem. You are doing something good. You are doing something that is needed, and you shouldn't feel terrible about that. Now, if the war is unjust, that does indeed become a bit of a a conflicting consideration for the Christian because you don't want to be participating in sin. So as you go about your duties and you're commanded to do things, be just be mindful of just war principles and ask if this war overall is something that is just, then, then carry on, sailor. And by the way, just off the top of my noodle, the just war criteria would be things like uh, is is it in response as opposed to we're going looking for a fight? Is it proportional? Is it with somebody that is a recognized government? And what about the can can it be one? Is it to simply claim or is it to seek justice? Is it to protect and defend people, or are there nefarious intentions behind it? And is the peace settlement going to be something that is reasonable and not oppressive? We've seen what happens when those types of treaties are 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 too much sometimes, too much, and 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 it, it's it's not just. 
So if the war that you're participating in checks those boxes, carry on, sailor, and send stuff to I and thank you for what you do. You know, I was I was at a I was at our favorite deli and sat at a table. You know that they do those tables where you all just sit together, whether you know everybody or not. I I love that personally. And it was a police officer, and he was having a sandwich. And as we were chatting, first of all, some kid came up to him and just said, hey, so grateful for what you do. Can I shake your hand? Wow, that was so cool to see that. We need to affirm military. We need to affirm police officers, firefighters who risk their life, paramedics. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. And I did learn something chatting with this guy. And, and, and talking to this fellow about, I asked him about the homeless problem. I said, well, what tools do you have available to, to help people? And he said, all of our tools have been taken away. Uh, I said, what were your tools? And he said, well, we could go, if somebody was in distress on the streets, he said, for instance, there was a woman who rolled around in a wheelchair and she was in the middle of an intersection. I was called, went to help her, and noticed, get ready for this, this is a, this is a little squeamish, um, she had some open sores on her legs with maggots, wanted to take her to the hospital. She refused. He had to honor her request. Oh, is that kind? I say that the politicians behind decisions like that to help people who are clearly, it's drug addictions. By the way, I asked about the incarceration rate in his estimation because he worked in Atlanta for years. What, are the, what is the percentage of people that either have mental illness or drug issues? He said probably at least 80%. Oh, wow. But the politicians don't want officers to have any authority that actually helps people. Why? What's behind that? It's a low view of man. We need to let people live the way that they want to live. Even if it means they have maggots eating their body. Hey, who are we to imp That's like colonialization. We wouldn't do that. It is a godless worldview with a low view of man. I learned a lot talking to this fellow. Idea at wretched.org. You know how you fix the incarcer uh, incarceration rate being uh, that the majority drug users, right? Well, it, uh, it was mental illness. Or drug use. Well, when you legalize drug use, the, Boom. the incarceration rate goes down. Yeah, that's, that's, that's again, low view of man. Yep. Allowing people to get stoned and drive around, really. Allowing people to put stuff in their lungs. What happened to any consistency? Sorry that I asked that ridiculous question. We used to say that putting smoke in your lungs was the worst thing you could do. And I'm not making a case that it's good. I'm just saying, what happened to that thinking when it came to pot? When you're huffing the stuff into your lungs and it's worse for you. Why? We've got to let people live. We've got to let them get, if they want to get stoned, then we're going to let them get stoned. It is a worldview behind these decisions. Uh, and it goes back decades. It goes back decades. Why don't we have a better system than putting people in jail. We've literally, we've taken, this is fascinating. We've taken, <laughs> we've taken away the places where people with mental illness can go and be safe because, well, thanks to the Kennedys, et cetera, 
whether there were some abuses. We got rid of all of those. Well, how do we deal with them? It's called the prison system. And that's where we house. So now with jailers, they're having to distribute the medication. They're having to manage these. And they're put into a cell as opposed to a place where they maybe have a little bit more liberty and they're not incarcerated. They're just helped by a society that cares and loves for them. It is a most grievous way that we are dealing with people who just need some help. Worldviews, they have consequences. Idea at wretched.org. All right, this text comes from Mrs. Siglin. She says, Todd, is there a specific daily prayer I should be saying? The specific one, I think that we can learn from Jesus when the disciples said, teach us to pray. We see elements. And so we see petitionings. We see repentance. We see thanksgiving. Uh, we see requests being offered to help us provide our daily bread. So those are all elements that I think you should consider as you pray daily. How you do that, how much time you spend on each one, totally up to you. There's liberty in that. I don't think the Lord's Prayer is something that is just to be recited by rote, especially to somehow wipe out your sins by repeating it 50 times while you rub some beads together. Yep. I'm looking at you, Roman Catholic Church. But we do see these are the elements that Jesus thought should be included inside of a prayer. If you need help with that, I'm telling you there's a wonderful book. You can get it in our store at wretched.org, but get it. It's Ken Boa's face-to-face praying the scriptures. Get that book. It will help you because it has intercession. It has praise. It it has... a um, confession. It has all of the elements that are in the Lord's Prayer and even a couple more that will guide you as you pray the scriptures to God, pause and take some time to just talk to him without quoting the Bible back to him. It will help you oodles. It's at wretched.org or get it where you can face to face praying the scriptures Ken Boa. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, we start with San Francisco. A convicted child molester has apparently set up a tent across from an elementary school offering free fentanyl to new users. And if that wasn't bad enough, the police say their hands are tied and they cannot do anything to remove him. Probably would be best to stay away from the city if you had any travel plans there. That's just my advice. City's priority seems about as messed up as a soup sandwich at the moment. In other news, a new report reveals that 68% of U.S. troops are, get this, overweight. 21% qualify as downright obese. Makes you wonder why we're trying to get into World War III at the moment. You know, I'm no four-star general, but it seems like there's some qualifications we probably want to bring back. Shifting gears to the largest Methodist church in the state of Mississippi, well, they finally left the UMC, citing the denomination's increasingly woke positions on issues like homosexuality. The UMC as a denomination has not met in many years and won't meet again until 2024. But with the thousands upon thousands of local churches that have fled the denomination in recent years, it makes you wonder how many are going to be left by the time that 2024 meeting gets here. Well, the New York Times recently posted lies and false information about Israel. And then they got all in a tizzy when their precious blue checkmark was removed on Twitter, or X, formerly known as Twitter. That's what we need to be worrying about these days. A blue checkmark next to our names seems important. 
In legal news, a federal judge just overturned California's unconstitutional ban on assault weapons for the second time. You think California legislators would get a clue after the first ruling, but no, no, they're probably going to have a third one come up too. Well, moving to Arkansas, Governor Sanders just eliminated all kinds of woke and anti-women language from government documents. You know, stuff like birthing people instead of just saying mothers. You know, we need more politicians like Governor Sanders and DeSantis for that matter. You know, ones with the backbone that'll actually stand up to the tiny little fringe mob on Twitter. Or again, X, formerly known as Twitter. Good on you, Governor Sanders. And that's been today's Wretched News Break, or Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the art and science of interpreting Scripture. When reading the Bible, begin with these three questions. What does it say? What does it mean? What difference does it make? Many common mistakes can be avoided with basic hermeneutics. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Will I succumb to the temptation? Hmm, this is Wretched Radio. Hey, Jimmy, guess what happened to us on the YouTube machine? What happened? We got in trouble again. What did we do this time? Well, I just quoted the president of the United States, and apparently that was enough to say, <laughs> sorry, we're going to demonetize this video. How nice is that? The YouTube machine wasn't happy that we simply stated what the president said in front of the White House, that he's seen pictures of babies being beheaded. Mm. I mentioned that in passing on one of our posts about the Israel-Hamas situation, trying to trying to navigate that through an eschatological biblical framework that's, you know, biblical. And they said, sorry, you mentioned that. So we're going to demonetize. Now, they didn't shadow ban us. They didn't cut us off. But basically, it's a way of slapping the wrist to say, watch what you say around here because we're protecting free speech. Huh? You're protecting disinformation. Um, you use the word disinformation, and I say that's the opposite of free speech. You, of what well, you don't need free speech if everybody's giving the information that you agree with. So disinformation protection is another way of saying, oh, we're going to take away your right to speak whatever you want. And all I did was quote the president, and they demonetized us. Now at this moment. I'm 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 slightly tempted um, to encourage you, perhaps, if you are not a gospel partner, would you please consider becoming one? Uh, th th this is happening more and more on the YouTube machine, and certainly on Facebook. We're not going to stop speaking truth. We're not going to stop proclaiming Jesus Christ is Lord. Um, it's just that sometimes the world is making it a little bit more challenging and, dare I say, expensive to do that. So if and you have benefited in any way from any of the things that we produce here at Gospel Partners Media, might I just give in to the temptation to bite my tongue and not encourage you to consider becoming a gospel partner? We, do, we just want to keep going strong. We want to keep making more stuff. And... We are going to be launching something next year. Wait, it's a Lulu 
And we want to make sure that we can provide all of our content on a platform that is not under the control of people who are concerned about disinformation. And we could use your help in doing that for your consideration. Wretched.org slash donate. And as long as I brought it up and succumbed to the temptation to petition you to join us, I was talking, you know what, it was Eric Weathers again at the Masters Academy International. He still bugs me. He's just, I want to see him get crabby. I just want, I, I, I want to go out to eat with him and tell the waitress to like bring him the wrong food. I just want to see him get a little bit agitated. He's just so placid. It's, mm. and we were chatting about the folks who support us. And he said something and I went, yes, I wish everybody could know that. That the people who support good ministries, Bible-based ministries, they're not add-ons. They're a part of. If you support, you're a part of this. We this the, the like somehow the role of you trusting us with your money is less than us doing the stuff to get the gospel out. No, it's crucial. And that's how we feel about gospel partners. So if you would consider partnering with us. That's why we call ourselves Gospel Partners Media. We would be grateful. And if you can commit to monthly, oh, you have no idea. You have no idea how much that helps us to be efficient and plan for the future. But enough. Please send your questions, comments, conundrum snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. This question comes from Daryl. Todd, uh, my church is going through Wretched Worldview too. And this week's lesson was on... Text. You mean available at wretched.org? Available at wretched.org. With 22 contemporary <laughs> subjects happen, distrib- are presented in a biblical way so that you can have a correct understanding of the stuff the world is slinging at us? That's exactly what I meant. Interesting. Yeah. He said this week's lesson was on taxes. And many questions from the class came up afterward. One that is still coming up that I'd like your take on. What is the biblical approach to write-offs and subsidies to lower the taxes one pays? If it's legal, do it. You're not you're not committing a sin. Your your our system isn't a flat tax, which would be really I don't know fair. This this complicated mess of a system that we have has all kinds of ways for you to lower your tax rate. Take advantage of them. Be wise. Get an accountant. Use those online softwares. You are absolutely not sinning if you do that. Did you say there was a bunch of questions or was that it? Uh, that was uh, one. He had two. Uh, the other one was, uh, while paying taxes is giving to Caesar, which is Caesar's, that which is Caesar's, what is the biblical means of resist- resistance when Caesar attempts to uh, deify himself, insisting compliance and is thereby attempting to take forcibly for himself that which is God. Now, well, the, the word deify himself is interesting because uh, that's that's what the system was when Jesus spoke the words, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Now, he, he, he said he's a God, that he had deified himself. Our people, they just act like they think they're God. The, the, the Caesar said, no, I actually am God. Do what you're told. And Jesus said, pay your taxes. And as far as resisting taxes, I think that's spe- exactly why he said those words. Take advantage of the legal deductions that you can. But we pay our taxes. I know it. I hate it too when I see what they're doing with the money. 
But that's not, that sin isn't on me. It's a sin if I don't pay my taxes because God says, pay your taxes. And that multiple times in the New Testament, pay your taxes. And if I don't, I'm sinning. If the government sins with the money that I give to Caesar, then that is on them. And I'm going to go about my business, paying my taxes, being a good citizen, submitting unless they command me to sin, forbid me from obeying a command, or Caesar gets involved in the realm where he has no beeswax, and that is in the church. Otherwise, we pay our taxes, and you shouldn't feel bad about it. I mean, other than the part where they're exorbitant, unfair, and ridiculous. Idea at wretched.org. All right, this one is from Talia. Todd, I have a dilemma. Uh, a work acquaintance of mine is going through a rough time of suffering. Her husband's dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. And so almost every uh, time I see her, she's in a bad mood. She's hurt, frustrated, sad, even angry. I see her suffering and want to offer the gospel. Uh, but since she doesn't seem to be in a talking mood most of the time, uh, I, I just don't know how I can say much of anything to her. I'm at a loss of how to share the gospel in this situation. Well, there, there's two thoughts, and you'll have to apply this as you see fit. Number one, don't ever, don't ever think you know how somebody's going to respond. You, you just don't know. I have made that error so many times where I see somebody on campus and it's like, oh, I'm not going to witness to that person. I, okay, here's what I think about. I think about Joe at Kennesaw State. This kid was walking on the street and he looked like basically he could beat me up with a glance. And he did not look like he was a happy young man. And I remember somebody on the crew saying, why don't you witness to that guy? And I said, why don't you witness to that guy? Because I didn't want to witness to that guy. And I witnessed to that guy. I'm not sure, but he may have gotten saved right there. Don't think that you know how they are going to respond. I was just listening to a sermon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was from a a church in Atlanta. And the, the fellow was, was the pastor was meeting with somebody who'd been attending the church who he discovered was living in sin. So he takes him to lunch and then enters into those choppy waters to say, Hey, how are you living? How is that helping you in your walk? What is the impression that that is giving? Uh, because, uh, you know, we, we want to make sure that you're walking in holiness. And he said, Oh, I was really nervous. And the guy, you know, just jump up from the table, walk away, never come back to the church. And the kid said, I need to join your church. This is exactly the type of church I need to be in. I need to be held accountable. And I've been straying. Thank you. You just don't know. Having said that, if you've got somebody that you're dealing with who's cantankerous, a spoonful of sugar, maybe multiple times will help the medicine go down. Just you, you There's other ways to show kindness. The chief kindness is sharing the gospel with somebody. It's the nicest thing we can ever do for somebody, letting them know they can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. But there's also things that you can do to simply be kind and loving. And in this instance, this should not be our standard practice for evangelizing, but sometimes it, it just takes a little breaking down. And Or maybe the person has been hurt so many times. Maybe they've been offered bad advice. They just don't know how to deal with their grief. They're scared. All of that, maybe strategically just loving on them, would provide that opportunity and that entrance. Again, that should not be our evangelistic pattern. But there are some times when you just need to use wisdom. 
this is this goes back to wisdom and discretion and just being smart, sensitive, thoughtful to what is going on. You can express that in whatever ways are in alignment with your gifting. And maybe just maybe the Lord will soften her heart so you can share great news. This is Wretched Radio. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and I said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats. They get materials that they learn the Bible. They memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Hey, thanks so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. We are incredibly grateful for your support, but we also need your help so we can continue spreading the message. That's why I'm asking you to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Because when you become a gospel partner, you're a part of a community of believers who are passionate about sharing and reaching millions of people with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And your support as a gospel partner will enable us to continue producing culturally compelling, biblically sound, and gospel productions like Wretched, Road Trip to Truth, and Transformed. Our goal since day one, as you know, has been to preach the gospel, equip others to preach the gospel, and strengthen the local church. But we can't do that without you. So would you please take some time to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? Just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321 to get all the information you would ever need. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. If you are one of the people who supported our joint effort with the Masters Academy International to get Bibles into the hands of people, you're going to hear a thank you letter from May that perhaps will encourage you that what you did was a very good and lasting thing. I'm one of the recipients of the MacArthur Study Bible, so generously given with the help of gospel partners. This will help me in my daily study of God's Word and will inform, instruct, inspire me in my walk with the Lord as well as my service to the Lord in my family and my church ministries. How encouraging is that? By the way, if you're not plugged into the Masters Academy International, everything is about long-lasting impact. They train pastors in 18, 19 countries and many seminaries around the globe so that pastors can fill empty pulpits and preach. That makes a generational difference. You can learn more about the Masters Academy at wretched.org Bible, or if you prefer, wretched.org Pastor. Attributes of God. You can trust in God. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 tells us that God is immutable. He does not change. He is faithful to fulfill his promises, just as much today as when the Bible was written. You can rest assured that his word is still true. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Two words. Text us. 
Number 1877-282-2337. You would like to express yourself. Please put it in text form. Try to include your name, unless of course it's personal. We've got no problem with a nani move, but if you don't need to be, hey, fam, include your name when you text 1877-282-2337. All right, our first text is from Becca. She said, Todd, you recently said we shouldn't read the Bible. Uh, we shouldn't read with a Bible in one hand and a news feed in the other. Correct. Can you elaborate on this? Sure. I'm asking. Uh, I'm not finished. She says, I'm asking because someone I was recently talking to said the exact opposite. Read mm. the newspaper in one hand and your Bible in the mm. other. Well, I, I don't know what they meant. So I, I can only explain what I intended to communicate. And that is the Bible is a book that was written to an original audience. It, the, It wasn't written directly to us. It's for us. We were in view when the Holy Spirit inspired writers 2,000, 3,000 years ago. But it was written to a particular people group. And so a hermeneutical principle is if your interpretation is not in alignment with how the original audience would have received and understood it, then you've got it wrong. So just consider the Thessalonians. Uh, There are some eschatological comments inside of 1 Thessalonians. If we said, or to John, reading the book of Revelation about Gog and Magog, it's Russia, John, it's right. He'd go, well, that's not what I intended to communicate. By the way, the Gog-Magog business, it is a very disputed subject. Is it China? Is it Russia? Is it just a post-millennial army? So got to be careful that we don't try to identify this is absolutely that. That is always best done in the rearview mirror. Nevertheless, if my understanding would have been different than the original audience, I, 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 can't, I can't be using the Bible that way because the Bible doesn't give us permission to use it that way, to use the inspired writ uh, to interpret particular events. Now, the Bible can be used to explain them, to help us understand them, to know what is going on and the worldview behind them. But the Bible, now, if you've got a Bible verse that says that you can use this book uh, to interpret what is happening at whatever the news outlet, the United Nations, at NATO, with a war, okay. But I I just don't think that we have biblical permission to use the Bible that way. And I will state this again because I think it's so helpful. Uh, Just consider, think back a little bit. I've noticed something in evangelical circles that is pretty similar to what we see happening sometimes on, on these conservative political talk shows. How many times, this is the realm of politics and political talk, how many times have you heard somebody saying, oh, the, the, the crash, the stock market, you got to get food put together because we're going to be starving here any day in supply lines. I remember that one. It was about two years ago. Didn't happen. Did anybody keep track of that? No. And the same thing is true. An awful lot of observations have been made in the last 20, 30, 40 years by evangelicals when they see, for instance, Israel Hamas and say, well, this, this means definitely we're there. Jesus is like any second now. 
Now, here, the tricky part, just as an aside, is that should be our attitude, that he's coming back any second now. That's our hope and our longing. But these comments are more like, see, that sign means it's 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 really like, really, like, really, really, you're not going to go to sleep tonight and Jesus is coming back. And those types of comments have been made a lot, even in the last 30, 40 years, and they didn't happen. And I think that that supports my understanding that the signs of the end times are not meant to give us any sort of an indicator of of the date, the nearness of the return, as opposed to remind us of his return. And just just consider two, two more thoughts. One is the extension of the first. But people a thousand years ago, uh, they, they, they would have, for uh, uh, even back in the 7th century, they would have seen Islam and gone, that's it. Look, at the, the, this is, whoa, it's Antichrist. Okay. They would have made those predictions. They would have thought that, and they were wrong. Because the Bible doesn't give us those signs to tell us, okay, this is, this, now, now you know for sure that it's happening in your life. I remember hearing a preacher that I really liked, and he said, I'm just convinced that this is going to happen in my lifetime, that Jesus is coming back. Well, um, that guy's dead. Jesus hasn't. And, 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 and I know he didn't pick the date or the time, but even when we make those sort of claims that it is going to be before I die, you die, Christmas comes, I, I don't think we're given permission to do that. Secondarily, consider the kindness of Jesus saying, when you see this, think that. When you see wars, let it calm you in knowing I'm coming back. When you see people coming out and saying, I'm the Messiah, remember, I'm coming back. When you hear of wars and rumors of war, remember, I'm coming back. When your town has been decimated by an earthquake and you are scared, I'm coming back. It is a kindness that he connected those end time signs with his return as a comfort but not as a calendar. Idea at wretched.org or 1-877-282-2337. All right, this is an interesting question from Anonymous. Todd, you recently mentioned that we should reflect on the eternal state of sinners who wrong us as a means to help forgive them. Yeah. I've heard it said that if that a mother in heaven will be glad that her own child is being punished in hell because of her perfect love for God. I have no problem with either of those statements, but why should we be sorry about the eternal damnation of sinners now if we will be glad for it in heaven? Because there's a chance for them now to not go to hell. When somebody has wronged you and you long for justice, you can be comforted in knowing you're going to get it because you have an avenger. It's Jesus Christ. He's going to deal with the person. But while that person is breathing and his eternal state hasn't begun, and we consider the fate of the ungodly, it moves us, sometimes it takes longer, it moves us to compassion, and then even to witnessing to them, to help them avoid that fate. Once we're in heaven, once once everything is sealed, everything is done, and there's no opportunity, there's no hope, we will know that what Jesus did and does is absolutely right. I would say this, though, and, and just the way that, that that was phrased, that a mother who's who's in heaven will be happy her child is in hell. Right. I, I, I don't think the word happy is right. 
God isn't happily sending people to hell. He prefers saving people. He takes no sort of pleasure in the death of the wicked. That is that is not like, oh, good, look at them all just stewing away down there. So I don't think the word happy is right. I think we'll understand it is just and it is right. And it, and it won't grieve us anymore because there's no more opportunity. And Jesus did what was right. one 877 All right, this is from Anonymous as well. Thoughts on being rebaptized? Yeah. What are yours? But you, no, you, you shouldn't be rebaptized. <laughs> because here's, here's where, where some, sometimes things can get a little confusing for us. Somebody will not be a believer and they get baptized. And then they say, should I get baptized again? And the answer is no, because you never were in the first place because faith must precede baptism. So whatever you went through, whatever you did, it, it wasn't a baptism. The only way you can actually get baptized is if you possess saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So let that steer you. And I would say this, if you happen to be one of those individuals who has perhaps been rebaptized, 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 not that you actually can be, and you're thinking, maybe I need to do that again. Slow your roll. Slow your roll. Get it sorted. Work with your elders because you just don't want to be stuck in that pattern. And it probably means that you are probably not experiencing the joy of assurance that you should and uh, that you're probably living underneath a performance weight. I'm not living the way that I should. I must not be saved. I would encourage you again Turn your eyes on Jesus. Next week, we're going to play this. It's maybe seven, eight minutes long. I, I mentioned this earlier this week. It was Milton Vincent's sermon on John 13, 18 through 30 or 32, that Judas went out and it was night. And, and he did this loverly altar call, if you will, calling people to salvation by encouraging them, don't go out, and, don't go out into the night. And then he, then he said this, But I know the tenderness of some of you who are here. And you're thinking, if it could happen to Judas, am I Judas? And his encouragement was, just run to Jesus every day. Confess your sins daily. Believe that he's forgiven you daily. Don't forsake the other disciples. Spend time with them. And you will have your cloudiness clarified and you will not be underneath the black cloud of am I saved or am I not? In other words, stop focusing on you. Start focusing on Jesus. And until tomorrow, go serve your king. 